waiting for you, Obi-Wan. We meet again at last. Obi-Wan, He's holding me back! Obi-Wan, Hello there. One Sense the Next One, the podcast that dives deeper than my depression levels if Kenobi is somehow bad into film and TV franchises and the fandoms they inspire. We're here this week talking about the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer that was released on May the 4th. Finally had enough time to process it. Before we start talking about it, I'm going to bring in my guest. Stephanie Cole is back. Hello. Hi. (laughs) It's fitting that we've done two Star Wars podcasts in a row because we talked about it and I don't know if I can officially say this to people, but you're the, uh, the best one since the next one official Star Wars correspondent now. So how, how does it feel? Uh, it feels good. I've always wanted to be an official Star Wars correspondent somewhere. I didn't know that was a possible job title. So now it's mine. Slap it on your resume. It'll, it'll take you places. <laughs> Star Wars correspondent, aka someone who can talk about Star Wars for an extremely long period of time without getting tired. <laughs> Perfect. Giant doors are opening for you everywhere at this yeah. point. Now. <laughs> I think there's like three levels of like podcast reactions to trailers. There's like... Mm-hmm. The freak out, like, right away instant reactions. There's discussions, which I think is, like, a couple days after. And then there's, like, ruminations. I feel like and we're on that level because it's been, like, a week since it came out, which Mm -hmm. is just a a fancy way of me saying that, like, I haven't had time to sit and really formulate an opinion about any of this until now. But when this trailer came out on the 4th, what, what were your thoughts? What were your feelings about it? I mean, I never understand how people can do those initial reactions where they actually have coherent thoughts immediately after watching something or even within the first 24 hours, because I am always just screaming um, (laughs) externally and internally. Um, 24 hours straight. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) And I think that my first reaction, well, I definitely, I don't, oh, you know what? They dropped it really early in the morning, this one. They did. And I was about to go to work. Because the last one they dropped while I was at work and my coworker literally thought like something horrible had happened from like the sounds of like shock I was making from my phone. She like was like, what's going on? Are you okay? And I was like, no, (laughs) I'm not okay. So that was at work, which at least I got to avoid that happening. Um, So I, yeah, I was like about to leave for work and then I saw that it posted because I saw them post the little like tease on the morning and I was like, okay, it's really happening and then they posted it like pretty soon after that. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm really glad I'm not like going to miss my bus because of this. <laughs> Cause I, I, I just, I sat down and I watched it and then I watched it again on the way over. And then I texted it to my sister so that she'd see it when she got up. And yeah, I watched it a couple times during the day. And all I remember was just like more screaming, just more screaming. <laughs> And um, yeah, and it did. It, I I had somewhat coherent thoughts by the time I got home after work and like talked to my sister about it. But like, it's still like it was a lot of emotions more than like theories or like ideas. 
I think I agree with you on that front of like, I don't know, I, I respect and I am bewildered and so impressed by people that can formulate coherent thoughts about something that quickly afterwards and get it up. But yeah, I, I need some time because even with this trailer, I've, I've only watched it probably five times total. And we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. It's like, there's something, I have some, some, some sort of mental block about the Obi-Wan Kenobi show where I still, up until this point, think it's like a trick that's being played yeah. on all of it's a it's a joke. Disney's gonna sell Star Wars away and be like, <laughs> "You fools! Like you thought we were really doing this." And so I watch I, I watch it with like my walls up, and it's like, yeah. "Please don't take this away from me." <laughs> and and so like you said, it's a lot of emotion that's attached to it, and not really like, "Oh, I wonder what this does to this, and how this ties to this, and who, what could possibly be the setup for this." And and analyzing scenes, it's more just like, "Oh my god, we have Ewan back as Obi Wan <sighs> Kenobi, we have Hayden back as Star <sighs> Vader." I don't care what happened to the show. It could be them like cooking a meal together and showing us the recipe <laughs> and it's like okay that's great that's the whole show that was perfect you guys crushed yeah it. it's all i ever well, wanted i was thinking that i i completely agree and i feel like it's similar to the feeling i got when the force awakens was happening like it's when we found out that star wars was continuing at all and like it didn't feel real and it was like I couldn't let myself like fully accept it until it was actually like I was in the seat in the movie theater and like the movie was done because I, and I, I'm not, I'm thinking about it and so much incredible Star Wars has happened. But for me, this feels like maybe personally more monumental to me than anything since the force awakens, because it's just so Obi-Wan Kenobi is my ride or die favorite Star Wars character. Um, and that is saying something because I have a lot of favorites and I get really emotionally attached to like just basically every new Star Wars character I meet. And it's like, how many more can they get me emotionally invested in? But Obi-Wan is my original ride or die. I mean, well, let's say not necessarily original because I was I first started watching it pre prequels. So my original was like Leia and Han Solo and such. Yeah. But when the prequels came out and Ian McGregor was really pretty. <laughs> I was like, ooh, okay, who's this? This is this is young Alec Guinness? Ooh, okay, cool. And then, like, when, yeah, basically throughout the course of the prequels, I was like, this is my favorite character. And then Clone Wars took it next level, and I just, yeah, I very vividly remember leaving my first Star Wars celebration, despite that celebration being all about um, The Force Awakens hype. I remember that celebration also being the moment when I was like on the plane home and I bought the um the Kenobi book the old one that was like the legends and read it on the plane ride back and I remember like more than anything the thought I had when I was coming back from that celebration was this has cemented that Obi-Wan Kenobi is my favorite character in Star Wars yeah so this is huge and like to have Hayden back and I'm even I'm extremely emotional about Joel Edgerton being back as Owen I was I'm kind of I was kind of a uh, sidetracked. I didn't expect that to be a reaction, but every time he's in the trailers, I'm like, oh, it's Owen. Yeah. And I'm like kind of having a little bit of a freak out. And I'm like, it, I, never hard. Expected, I never expected to be this invested in Owen. And now I'm like, I can't wait to see what Owen does. <laughs> and what they do with him in the trailer, what you see in the trailer of him is very, is fascinating in terms of the, the dynamics at play. And we'll get more into that. But I felt the same way where it's just like, all of our favorites are back, but in this way that we're, we're twisting them around a little bit, we're getting to see kind of like under the hood a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah. There's something just so evocative and like so powerful about the name Kenobi. And that the two things that I think about the most with star Wars probably are number one is like the power and the, 
and the actual meaning behind like the Skywalker name and like the, mm-hmm. uh, the weight it holds in the galaxy. I, it's just like something that I'm always fascinated with. So when people say like, Oh yeah, I'm sick of the Skywalker saga, no more Skywalker drama. I'm like, I could have 45 more movies of it. Like let's keep it going. And then the, the second thing I think about the most is the Obi-Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader relationship. Mm-hmm. And the implications mm-hmm. and how little we know about it, but we know the whole story, you know, we know a lot about yeah. the people era, but like, at this point in the franchise, at this point in the timeline, there's, you know, books about it that aren't canon anymore, but they still don't go super in depth. We don't know no. the, yeah. the emotions. We don't know the, the, the bridge story between what happens in these years between Luke finding Obi-Wan in the desert, Ben Kenobi in the desert and, you know, Vader or Anakin turning into Vader. So it's like, it's just so fascinating. And it's like, it could go in so many different, different directions and I'm so nervous. It's like in the hands of Deborah Chow, I, I don't feel nervous at all because she's mm-hmm. created the best Mandalorian episodes. I, I don't think Ewan would sign on just to cash in. I don't mm-hmm. think they'd bring Hayden back if they were, if they were just messing around, they're definitely not messing around with this and it seems, yeah. it looks fantastic. So the other thing that is so different about this is I have a feeling even with how incredible the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and all of that has been, there hasn't been, the TV shows have still felt like they're sort of playing in a slightly lesser sandbox than the movies in terms totally. of what they're letting them do. Like they're not really like, I mean, it was shocking when we got actual Luke Skywalker and the Mandalorian. And then again, and like every time that happens, it like mm-hmm. kind of knocks us off our feet because I think that we don't expect them to go there on the TV shows quite yet. Right. And even and, then he's played as like a side character. Exactly. And in terms of like the stuff that's happening up until this point, the big stuff happens in the theatrical movies. So now that they've, I mean, this feels more than any of the other live action shows, which have all been incredible. Like it's going to be a star Wars movie. Like they're yeah, playing definitely. with plot points themes, stakes, characters that would normally be reserved for a movie. So it's a whole different ballpark. And that's something that I can even just sense from the trailer. And it's not just because it's got Ewan and Hayden and all of the like, you know, movie people back in it, but it just feels like a movie in the way that they're doing it. And I am so, I mean, and it's a limited series. It's not going to be a multi-season ongoing things so really it's kind of just going to be like one really long movie which I think is going to be so cool and I I hope that it starts something because I think that would be a really cool format for Star Wars to continue to explore like not necessarily an ongoing series that has to keep the plot going over multiple seasons but and not a movie that has to pack everything in within two hours or a little bit more, which is, I I think that's becoming something that can be kind of problematic. I love movies and going to the movies and all of that. But like, I think that aspects of the sequel trilogy, like showed that sometimes like some story is just too complicated to just fit into even three movies. And I think that, you know, some of my issues with the last one may be, would have been better if like they had really stretched it out over time and like figured some things out more. And I just think that this sort of long form, like take your time with it. Storytelling is really beneficial to star Wars. Yeah. Or even if they had the sequel trilogy and then like planned like little breakout stories on streaming in between it and not just like retroactively, 
like go back and fill it in like they did with Clone Wars and the prequels. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm still trying to get used to the idea of it because I was actually just talking to some friends the other day about how I really miss the theme. I really miss mm-hmm. the Star Wars theme big and loud in the theater. And I feel mm-hmm. like as much as I love Mandalorian and as, as fun as the book of Boba Fett was, it's like, I do kind of feel like I've been drinking diet Coke so mm-hmm. long. That like, I'm like, I, this just, this tastes a lot like Coke, right? This is great. This is fine. And then someone accidentally handed me a Coca-Cola and I was like, Oh my God, you know, if you hear yeah. that, that's kind of what this feels like to me is yeah. someone's handed me like a Coke classic and I'm like, okay, we're back into it. And it, yeah, it definitely feels like revenge of the Sith part two and like mm-hmm. Rebels Part One. Um, yes. There's something that I appreciate what we're going into here because I don't know if I can articulate this in a way that makes the most sense. There's something that slightly bothers me and it bothers me that it bothers me about like the discrepancy that in like action packed set pieces and technology, amount of characters that are packed into the things in between the movies that mm-hmm. like don't have any kind of presence in the movies. And it's mm-hmm. like, it only happened in this chunk of time. And this show really seems to be doing a lot of the work of like blending those things into mm-hmm. into the original trilogy with like Rebels. There's still stuff in there that seems like way out of place, but still very Star Warsy. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like big, it's big and grand in a way that the original trilogy is not. And there's you know a case to be made that like it's supposed to be that way because the Empire has stripped culture and technology away from everything. But like, it just feels like it's doing so much work, even more work than the Mandalorian to blend those kind of pieces of Star Wars into one and kind of massage them mm-hmm. into the saga because mm-hmm. you have Obi-Wan Kenobi as this like figure from the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. And then you have all the animation stuff coming to live action around this character. So it's like, okay, see, it is legit. And I don't mm-hmm. think that Re- Rebels isn't legit. I love Rebels and I love Clone Wars and I, I love all the animated series. Um, I haven't seen all of Resistance, admittedly, but like, it just seems like you're doing a lot more work to actually help me feel a little bit more at ease with that kind of thinking. I just how my brain works, and I know it's not fair to the storytelling because people just want to tell different Star Wars stories and try different things out. But um, in terms of smoothing things out, it seems to be doing a lot of that work. So, yeah, another thing that I mean, I've always been like really into the animated shows. I mm-hmm. think. Um, and I think that, I, but I kind of know what you're saying, but I think another thing that really did that for me was Rogue One sure. um, because it felt, I remember when I saw it for the first time, I was like, a lot of that felt like live action Rebels, but sure. also like the original trilogy. And it was kind of just like, I just love it when Star Wars does this. And I mean, Rogue One, maybe, you know, I actually realized I was like, I haven't felt this way since like The Force Awakens was coming out. But then Rogue One was actually like the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life and is still my favorite actual Star Wars movie of all of them. So oh, wow. yeah, it's my all-time fave. And that's saying something because I mean I I'm obsessed with Star Wars. But yeah, Rogue One incredible. wins for me. And I that one just sort of like did this kind of thing that I feel like this is going to do where it's like bringing it all together in a way that just knocks it out of the park. And I'm extremely excited. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not trying to be like pedantic and I'm not trying to be like super nitpicky about the discrepancies because obviously it's years and years and years of difference between when these all, are yeah. all being made. And it's like, it's not, it's Star Wars. It doesn't have to make complete sense. I, I'm not saying any of that. It just, to me, it just feels a, a little more comfortable now that they're doing it this way. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think streaming really helps do that. And the animated shows have, have, have been doing that work, but for mm-hmm. some reason, this one just takes it to that next level. So yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. And I also feel like that's the best thing about star Wars is that when things are like kind of disjointed at first, like they always manage to do it. Like they pull it off the like blending happens. And then suddenly yeah. it feels like that thing that felt like it didn't make sense suddenly feels like an essential piece to the puzzle. And if you pull it out, the whole thing falls apart. So it's like amazing how they can do that. And that's one thing I love about Star Wars. Watching plans for May 27th. What do you got? What do you, what's your plan for, for the premiere of Kenobi? Well, I'll be in, at Star Wars Celebration. I'm kind of hoping that maybe we'll get to see it early. I don't know. They... They, they certainly made an interesting move when they rescheduled it to premiere during Celebration. Sure. At first, I was like, oh, God, we're going to have to watch it on the day we fly out. Like, what am yeah. I going to do? Like, I was like, on an airplane? Like, what? how am I going to do this? How does so, this work? Yeah. So now I'm actually really relieved. So I don't know, maybe they have some plans. I Maybe the lucky people who get into that um, Lucasfilm Studio Showcase panel, I'm guessing that's probably where the Kenobi stuff's going to be. We know Ewan's going to be there. Right. So maybe the lucky people who got into that are going to see it early or something. We'll see. So if I don't get to see it early, which I'm still kind of hoping will happen to us, I, I mean, it will be, will be on Pacific time. So it'll be at midnight, not 3 yeah. a.m. So that's way more doable <laughs> than, than having to stay up till 3 a.m. and watch those two episodes. And then, like, I mean, the thing is, I slept outside back when they still let you do that at Orlando for the Rebel Season 4 panel on concrete. So, I mean, like, I can do this if I, got I this. have to. Yeah, so basically it's like... Whatever everyone else is doing, if everyone's getting together for watch parties, I'll be at the watch parties. If everyone's, if we're just watching, I mean, like, honestly, I might have to watch it first with just my sister in my hotel room because, like, I literally will act like I've been possessed by a demon (laughs) when, like, anything happens. (laughs) So maybe for, I don't know, but then we'll all be in the same boat. So who knows? I'm watching it as soon as I can. On my laptop or in the showroom at Celebration, who knows? But that's the plan. I th- I feel like I need to see it in silence by myself mm-hmm, first, mm-hmm. for for the same reason of like it would be nice to share the, the those first reveals and moments with people. I just feel like I need to see it in like in a vacuum first, and then yeah. go out go out into the world and watch it. But one thing I was thinking, I was like, in the hotel rooms, it's going to be all insane Celebration people. I feel like I'm going to leave my door open like a college dorm. And just leave my door open and just listen for the screams. And then once it's all over, we can do like a foam party in the hallway or do like uh, slip and slides down the hallway. or whatever. <laughs> it's going to be like, it's just going to be some people that want to watch it in isolation and silence, but you'll hear them freaking out just like everybody else, which means we should probably just all watch it together anyways. But yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's the same thing. It's like, I do have it in the back of my head that that could still happen. That like special preview screening, um, mm-hmm. it's become such a point of contention in the like the celebration pre discourse that I kind of don't want it to happen. Just so people will like just relax about it and just kind of figure out how to watch it on their own because it's not going to make or break the time for me. But it's yeah. also oh, like yeah. it's also like oh yeah, it could happen. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Never but, bet on anything. But the other thing I just thought of as you mentioned that is uh, these hotels better beef up their Wi Fi. Because literally everybody in the hotel is going to be trying to stream Disney Plus at the exact same time 
Oh my god. All right, so maybe we should all watch it together because I don't know. I'm like starting to have these images of just like infinite buffering and I'm like someone needs to call these places and <laughs> tell them what's going to happen. We need to call like Switzerland like CERN and like beef up the main like internet deck, you know. Yeah, cuz uh, just so just from the source, not even just like the hotel, just like this the internet source needs to just be beefed up for Yeah, for it does. Because if, um, if like if something major happens and then all of our video freezes at the same time, or what if Disney Plus won't? You know, like when those things like don't even work because like everyone. Oh my god, I'm having all these terror scenarios in my head that I just yeah, thought. What could go wrong? People will grab their lightsabers and take to the streets and just yeah, oh yeah, give us Obi Wan. The celebration riot of 2022. <laughs> Somehow the metal bean that everyone did the lightsabers around in Chicago starts rolling down the street. (laughs) It's a bedlam. We did get the second trailer in the true Disney Plus or Disney like Lucasfilm era. It's showing everything and nothing at once. And I was really impressed with this trailer's ability to just like kind of rehash the points of the first trailer and make it Mm -hmm. give it a little bit more context. So let's let's kind of go frame by frame well not really frame by frame that we're not that insane we'll go kind of <laughs> moment by moment let's say yeah yeah so it opens up with you know the sands of change the lucasfilm logo blowing away ominously as duel of the fates plays and then yeah we see a spaceship racing towards i think the new planet Dayu. it's what it looks like the cityscape over the top of it lots of great spaceship shots in this trailer mm-hmm. really really good ones lots of um especially listening into headphones to like re- review a little bit before we recorded lots of great spaceship sound work going on it sounds great yes uh, it's really good and then we see uh our, my guy sung kang as the fifth brother walking the streets of Dayu with a stormtrooper garrison uh Dayu looks incredible uh i think it looks really really cool and i think that the fifth brother looks great too i just i'm so glad that han solo from fast and Furious <laughs> has crossed over into another star wars situation so the best uh, part is i knew that he was in this but i when i first saw the first trailer i I mean, people were talking about the Grand Inquisitor. I don't really care. But for me, the fifth brother looked exactly like he does in the animation. And so I wasn't like, that's the guy from Fast and Furious. I was like, oh, it's the fifth brother. And like, just completely took me a second to be like, oh, that's him. Oh, that's who he's playing. And I still like when I see it, I don't think, oh, him. I think the fifth brother is there in live action. So I think he looks great. I think he needs a bag of chips to walk around eating like uh, like Han does in the Fast and Furious. But otherwise, yeah. we're good. They show so little. I forgot how much how big of a cast this show has. Um, it's yeah. funny because this trailer showed us a lot of the stuff that we saw before, but just different parts of it. We've really only seen of this massive cast. We've only seen Obi Wan and the Fifth Brother and Reva and. Owen and like you know just like not the whole not anywhere near the whole thing a select group of people yeah like yeah. five five main characters basically yeah because like O'Shea Jackson Jr. is in this uh mm-hmm. Benny Safty is in this I, I'm excited to see what what part everyone else plays and then uh the uh big baller shot of the Grand Inquisitor walking mm-hmm. the streets of Tatooine with Reva and the fifth brother by his side I thought it was interesting it's like if you I watched it more and it's like the Tatooine residents seem to be like get this out of here. We don't want you here. Like they, they seem to be standing up to him a lot more. And I thought from the first trailer, it was just um, Owen, but it feels like in this trailer that there's a lot of like people standing in an inquisitor's way. And mm-hmm. I, I, it got me thinking like, is there a group of people that understands the importance of what Obi-Wan's doing? And they're like, they've kind of banded together or do they just respect the Lars homestead or like, 
it seems like it would take a lot to stand up to a like a Sith Inquisitor, basically. Yeah, uh, yeah. As just a normal pedestrian, you know. So it's like I don't know if it's just like the power of community, or if it's just like there's. It feels like maybe there's something else going on there. I just don't know if you would risk that for Luke's I mean, sake. The no, small but... town, maybe it's like it could be like that sort of small town, like like the sort of like Western, what is it, Freetown thing from Boba Fett. Oh, yeah. But yeah. also. Something I'm thinking is that, like, how are they, if the Inquisitors think that, if they suspect that Luke Skywalker is, I mean, I'm just trying to figure out how they're going to get out of this, essentially. If there's already Inquisitors in Tatooine talking to Owen Lars, how are they going to be able to stay on Tatooine without the Empire having known they're there. Like, that seems like they're way too close for comfort, and I'm not right. sure how they're going to get out of that. Because, like, if the Inquisitors are already... And then if everyone stands up to them, you can't have them be like, well, we're standing up to you because we're protecting this child. Luke, yeah, for because sure. Because that's not... Because they can't even know that he's there. Like, if that happens, right. the whole thing's over. So <laughs> what's going to happen? I just have no idea. But I'm super excited to find out. I was thinking a lot about the order of this because the trailer seems to make you think that like it starts on Tatooine and like mm-hmm. it starts becomes like a planet hopping adventure. I just don't, I don't, I'm not sure. Like the order of it seems weird. And I just feel like they're, they're toying with us. Something's, something. Oh, they are. Be the old misdirect, like, you know, Kenobi says in the background of this, they're coming, stay hidden or we will not survive. And the implication in the edit is that he's, talking to Owen or in or Baru or, or, you know, or Luke. But I mm-hmm. think I, I do, I believe there's like something going on where like, you know, combining with the Inquisitor saying like that it's, uh, it's like an itch. They can't help it. Like the mm-hmm. secret to hunting Jedi is patience is I do. I think that like Reva set a trap on Dayu of like one of an, 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 another Jedi and then Kenobi gets wind of it somehow. And that's the, the trap that they spring is the compassion trap. And that's him, him talking to the other Jedi on that planet. And it's like, I don't know. They're just, they're, they're showing so little that they're hiding so, so much. And it really, it's just, it's, it feels like it's almost impossible to even put together what's going on because we don't have enough pieces. I think that they've done a really good job burying the lead in these. Um, Do you mind if I, I actually don't know if this was confirmed, but if I get speculatory in a way that's like rumory, potentially based, but I'm pretty sure it was confirmed, but it's not spoiler. Or sort of. <laughs> now I'm nervous. What is it? What is it going to be? So, do you remember how they cast Little Leia? No, I don't remember that. Okay, <laughs> maybe I, did I spoil something? Did they cast so, Little Leia for this show? Yeah, the Hollywood Reporter reported it. So they I cast a little girl. All right, I'm pretty sure it was not officially confirmed, but was like confirmed by like one of those sources that is basically confirmed. Do you know what I mean? Like sure. a Hollywood reporter, like usually doesn't report stuff that's not true. So they apparently cast a little girl to be little Leia. And okay. I don't know what that means. I think there might be more going on with why Obi-Wan is leaving Tatooine. Ugh. Did I just, did I just explode a bomb in the middle of this? <laughs> yeah, we need, we need, we need to take a 20 minute break and come back. <laughs> so. We should put a spoiler warning on this. Maybe. I don't know if oh. I, 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 I was like, unsure if this was officially confirmed or not but now i'm looking back and i don't think it was it felt i feel like that it was like a we like a we got this covered or something place that no but i feel like it was okay well then in that case disregard me if it was one of those places but 
I really thought it was like we don't know anything. We don't know what's going on. There's probably huge surprises yeah. in this. Okay, well, there might be a little Leia in it. Who knows? To me, if they can just straight up reveal and say that like Darth Vader is coming back and it's going to be uh, Hayden Christensen, it's like we know the big thing. Then that's, that's the thing. Then, then something even bigger happens on top of that, right? There's got to be a reason for that because it's just a rematch for the sake of a rematch doesn't make a lot of sense. So exactly. something else. Something else is at work here. So that very well could be. Maybe he's maybe he's got a lock on the other. Maybe they find out, oh, this is interesting. There's another, there's like, like a force. sensitive little There's kid. a force blip here on uh, Alderaan or something. Yeah. And the other thing that always like, you know, I mean, like we've all, everybody's always poked holes in like they're hiding Luke by giving to him to somebody who was literally like from the planet that, Darth Vader's from, you know, they might cover some of that in this, but also like to give Leia to uh, the king, and I mean, not the, the queen of Alderaan. And, you know, <laughs> like, it's not like those, that was like, those are major players in like all of this. It's like also right, still right. heavily involved in like the early rebellion. It's kind of like hiding in plain sight situation. <laughs> yeah, no, no one will suspect a thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bail Organa, the, exactly. the founder of the rebellion has them. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like, who knows what's going on, but it's, they're definitely not showing us everything. And after what we already know they're playing, like, you know, they have Darth Vader in this. Like, I, I kind of think that they aren't going to, like, it might not even be that big a thing to suddenly have all these other major, like, saga pieces happening in this. It's already all happening. Yeah, you have the <laughs> most major thing back again, you know? Exactly. Uh, and and that's the thing. I'm not I'm not like well versed enough in Rebels and Clone Wars and all the supplementary like not supplementary. It's the main it's the main story. You know I've watched it all, but I don't have it like etched into my soul like I do the movies. But it's just there's just something something you you don't put the two biggest pieces back on the board to not play them in some new way. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's just there's just something I just it's you know we said we were going to keep this a short discussion but we're we're like, <laughs> it's we're, like third, we're like we're like on the third clip and we're like maybe Leia's in it and it's like, like oh yeah so the classic shot from the first trailer of you know Kenobi looking out on Luke which still messes me up every time I see it mm-hmm. just the look on his face when he brings the binoculars down where he's just kind of like he's still safe good and just little Luke driving the the pod racer or the I, spaceship or whatever it ends up being it's just like I bought I, I spent 350 on a Obi-Wan Revenge of the Sith sideshow collectibles statue because I had, I had it had him holding a little baby Luke and I was mm-hmm. like I got to have this so it's just like that's all coming to fruition and being able to see that play out on screen is really special I, it messed me up when they showed Luke and twin sons on rebels like yeah and he was a little dot on the horizon yeah, exactly now <laughs> and this is an actual child like playing and acting so much like little Anakin that it's like oh my gosh it's 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 too much yeah it's heartbreaking and it's uplifting at the same time. It's Star mm-hmm. Wars through and through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we get Kenobi talking to Owen. Obi-Wan's concerned and says, Luke must be trained. And Owen straight up just murks him and says, <laughs> like he trained his father. And it's just oh, so good. the burn heard around the internet. Um, I mean, I, I hate it because I love Obi-Wan and I'm like, how dare you? But also like, I, I'm like starting to really love Owen in like these two clips. And it could be because it's Joel Edgerton and like, I have, really I really enjoy him as an actor and I was like you know I'm really glad that that's Joel Edgerton like yeah he's gonna be really good in this and then also 
like this dynamic looks seems interesting and you can totally get his point of view and then you and then you think about him in a new hope and you're like well obviously he doesn't want him to go away like literally the worst thing ever happened when he's got met when his dad like and this is like their kid like they essentially that like luke's their child basically and they're like his parents and they love him and they don't want this to happen to him and then also i'm a little bit wondering because at first i got the sense from like the first teaser that obi-wan was like oh just stay hiding like don't do anything like kind of like disillusioned and not doing this whole force thing and then but then he's saying now luke needs to be trained so i'm they're definitely also i'm a little confused about what his actual motivation is like is he just trying to hide luke or does he think luke should be a jedi like what's going on here so we'll find out i guess He's he's saving him for the right moment, right? He's he's mm-hmm. clearly training them young in the doctrine of the Jedi. Before that, mm-hmm. was not helping anybody survive in the galaxy as a Jedi, uh, or sur- helping the Jedi Order survive, and everyone it fell apart because of all that uh, Jedi dogma. But like you know, he's he just still recognizes even at that age that he's got to be trained, and it's just I, I assume he's shut off from the Force, and I wonder what brings him back to that, and what brings him yeah. Back moment in that realization beyond the fact that he believes that he's you know the new hope he's the chosen one he's the chosen the father of the, the the son of the chosen one and like he believes he's the chosen one at that point right and it goes back to the whole debate of who's the chosen one anakin or luke and it, it complicates that again right i feel like it complicates that debate again so we learn in rebels that he thinks that luke is the chosen one which yeah, makes sense for that, his right? point of view yeah it makes sense right. from his point of view because he was so heartbroken by the fact that Anakin wasn't the chosen one that he had to in some ways I think and he's like the he's present with Luke so he and he probably sees so much of Anakin in it that he has to like say well then it must be this one like he has to like transfer that emotional investment to someone new to like deal with it and I think that I wonder if, because, you know, that Rebels episode uh, is after this, I wonder if he thinks that at this point or if this story will have him realize that or come to that conclusion, because obviously it's all debatable. But, like, his belief in that, will that be covered in this? Because it very much well could. It's a great point. It's a great point because mm-hmm. there's got to be some sort of glimmer of hope that he sees in Luke in this one or just or maybe something he learns along the way that allows him to trust in the, the fate of the force and the future of the galaxy again, because he's clearly jaded in this or not, not jaded, but he's clearly just so downtrodden. The war is over. We lost, you know, like he's, he's usually so like plucky and, and ambitious and like, he's like a little grumpy, but also like optimistic, you know? Yeah. I mean, he really is a true believer. Yeah. He's a true believer. And he's so, he's so beaten down in a lot of the scenes in these trailers that he's got to, Something's got to spark that in him in this show, right? Something's got to spark that in like we at all costs need to we need to save this child. And I wonder, I wonder if it's Qui Gon. I wonder if it's something that I wonder if he finally communes with Qui Gon somehow. It's it's imparted to him from like from Qui Gon. Like now you must train the next best thing, basically <laughs> the next the next most powerful Skywalker. A more tragic way it could go, which I mean, honestly, would be par for the course with uh, Obi Wan because his. In a, in a story full full of terrible things happening to people, I feel like Obi-Wan really gets a lot of bad luck in his time. Um, he could maybe, like, there's something so devastating about his realization about Darth Vader that pushes him towards this belief. Like, it has to be this kid because I 
have this realization now that Anakin was definitely not, that could be something. Definitely not and cannot be. And cannot be, therefore it has to be someone else. Does he even know that Anakin is Vader at this point? No, and that's something that I feel like this whole thing's going to be about. The whole, this whole, because when you think about it, I mean, he does not know that Anakin survives on Mustafar. He thinks he's dead. And yet we go ahead to um, A New Hope and he knows Anakin is Darth Vader. But there's ha- something has to happen in between. It's not like somebody came because that's a closely guarded secret. It's like only basically the emperor and Darth Vader are supposed to know that. Right. And they, so Obi-Wan has to find out somehow. And I think that's gotta be what this is all about because that's, there's no other reason why this rematch would even have to happen why this whole reckoning has to happen. This, I think that like the central plot of this is going to be about him finding that out and coming to terms with that and moving forward with a new perspective based on that. Because I mean, even Ahsoka didn't know she had to find out in rebels, like right. it's, it's something that he, he didn't just know. Yeah. It's not just inherent and he's just been dealing with it for 10 years. It's in- he had no idea, which is insane oh, when oh you boy. think about it. And I think a lot of people kind of, when we're thinking about this, I've heard a lot of, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about that as being kind of the key thing because I've heard a few people be like, yeah, I don't think he knows yet, but like, that's going to be everything I think is that finding that out. It's gotta be right. Cause there's so, there's just such a can of worms that opens when you're like, Oh cool. A Kenobi show. That's fun. Oh, Vader's in it. That's cool too. Wait a minute. What does all of that mean? Like it just means. This is going to be a heavy thing. This is going to be some heavy stuff. If you think about it, and like Deborah Chow handled two of the heavier episodes of The Mandalorian, yeah, where things kind of fell apart for, mm-hmm. for a character, right? And mm-hmm. and but kind of fell apart, but also kind of solidified their their mission, you know, yeah, going forward with like she did the episode of The Mandalorian where Din goes back for Grogu and it's like I can't, I gave him away to the the cloner, but I got to go back and get him, and it just yeah. kind of things kind of fall, his world falls apart completely at that point. But mm-hmm. his mission, it's like his call to action, right? It's like his, yeah. his mission becomes clear. So, you know, Deborah Chow being given this storyline, it would make sense that that's what the case, but man, that's so heavy. <laughs> that's too heavy. Yeah, it's so uh. heavy. And the other thing is, it has to at the same time be not only him discovering that Anakin is Darth Vader, that Anakin did not die and then became this, this thing, that beyond that, that Anakin is gone and that he's unredeemable because we see him in the original trilogy being like, you have to kill him. Like it's not. Yeah. Oh boy. And, and Obi-Wan once thought as you did like that line from return of the Jedi. It's like, maybe in this, he finds out and then he's like, well, I can save him. And that's where the confrontation comes from because he's like, that's Anakin. I need to bring him back, but then he can't. So then that's where this all comes from. And how dis- how how evil and despicable is Vader in this that he realizes that you know what I mean? Like what yeah. happens? What what happens? What's the turning point in his mind? Because he ha- I feel like he'd have to witness something that shows that there's no going back. And he kind of had that moment in a way in Revenge of the Sith when he saw him killing all those kids, you know. But like this is even more that. Yeah. And I'm just like I think that this is also going to be doing a lot to like sort of on screen 
because there's been this has been happening in comics and books and stuff but like very much on screen like making it clear that Anakin and Darth like sort of like bridging the gap between the characters of Anakin and Darth Vader by bringing Hayden back to be Darth Vader but also Anakin like you know kind of like really hammering that home this isn't Darth Vader this is Anakin Skywalker you know what I mean but is it I think we're going to catch Vader at a moment where he's Vader, 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 Vader. And yeah, because the comics do a lot of work to make him a sympathetic and tragic character. And he's, he's constantly fighting against the emperor controlling him. And it's, he's always a victim, you know, he's always just like this victim of, of a plan that's just keeping him in torment for his whole life. Yeah. But he's also doing terrible things. He's also doing terrible things at the same time. He doesn't excuse his behavior. Typical victim behavior, Vader. (laughs) We got to keep moving. Otherwise, we'll just. We do. I I was like, this has got to be short. It's a short. It's such a short trailer. But like the thoughts are so big. They're big, big, big thoughts. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, you know, we see Reva. Um, the new Inquisitor that we see in the trailers. She's entering the Inquisitor base, which is looking sharp. Imperial <laughs> forces and the Inquisitors are like scanning a map. Not necessarily, I'm wondering if they're looking for, uh, like still looking for other Jedi or if it's specifically Kenobi. We'll see. The base looks very cool. I'm excited to see that in action. Here's something lighthearted. Kenobi riding an Eopi. That's fun. Yay. Right? Yay. I, I think that we're going to have to like take what we can get in this show. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be a lot of serious stuff. Cute. So I'm just yeah. like, anytime I see anything that's like the fun side of Star Wars. And don't get me wrong. I love me some big old heavy Star Wars. But yeah. I'm going to be like, oh, look, that droid's cute. Oh, look, it's Eopi. Like, I'm just going to be like, I hope, I hope, I hope it farts. <laughs> Oh, it's going to fart. You know, it's it better uh, at the very end of the show. It's going to be super heavy. And then he's going to walk in and fart just to, like right at the camera. Yeah, yeah. And then wink. And then it'll like, <laughs> wink, turn and wink and it'll go out on a little Looney Tunes thing. And everyone's like, oh, okay. I think that <laughs> interesting that's, decision there. It's pretty good. These are like proto probe droids coming out of the mm-hmm. top of the Inquisitor base. Very cool with headphones on. I actually heard, I didn't hear before, but they, the actual like, probe droid sound comes out of them that's uh, one of my favorite star wars sounds of all time it's, it's top five for sure um, and i've always but, wanted to be able to say it but i'm always just like meh, 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 and i can't <laughs> it's like it sounds so much like real words my boys this is a quick aside we watched empire strikes back for the first time on star wars yeah. day um yeah and i have a little like like the black series probe droid toy that they play mm-hmm. with and they just think it looks super cool because it does Mm-hmm. like pro droids just look fucking cool yeah. and they're playing with it and so they're like oh cool and then they saw it in the movie and they're like whoa that thing must be so powerful that's what they, <laughs> they, they think everything's very powerful, powerful and, uh, yeah, that's... And, and then it gets like blown up right away and they're like oh, oh okay, okay. <laughs> i think i saw like some uh some of the light leave their eyes a little bit oh droid got blown up um but yeah, uh reva she says maybe we've been looking in the wrong places and she's uh scanning the rooftops of Dayu and you see blaster fire in the distance, which I think is probably tied to the later scenes of like all the bounty hunters coming after. Yeah. Which that's what makes me think it's like, if this is what it feels like, she's just like, Oh, he went for it. He's Kenobi. So predictable. He can't, he left the planet just to do this. And um, yeah, so that makes, that's what makes me think it's the, it's the trap that they're springing. Um, Mm -hmm. Next thing is the, the, uh, the money shot, the Kenobi cardboard cutout, uh, one side. It's like, it was just like, I got, well, well, Ewan's done shooting, but I got this cardboard cutout 
we can just you can just use that from Revenge of the Sith if you guys. Yeah, want when to. I saw yeah. that, I was like, is that the is that the picture from the Visual Dictionary Guide that I have? And I was like, I now I just have this image that like all of the photos, those like photo shoot photos, and those visual guides that I have all of them of like yeah. were actual in universe photos from like the like company photo days. <laughs> it's like now pose with your lightsaber so that everyone can see it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's on his ID badge for the Jedi yeah. Temple. Action um, shots and now a fun one. <laughs> get in there with Jocasta. Just yeah. get put your arm around her. He's yeah. like, okay. Then the next scene, Kenobi body slams the Zabrak in the hallway. Yes. Uh, the Zabrak wearing a very like uh Billy Eilish style like oversized sweater. I know. Good. I can't wait to see that whole outfit and the context. But maybe Kenobi's just like scared of Zabraks after Maul and he just like True. Maybe just that like, guy didn't do anything. <laughs> he's just like, it's Maul. He's walking by he just walking by when he body slams him for no reason. After, after the Clone Wars, the ultimate, like I don't blame him. Yeah. <laughs> he's back. There's a lot of body slamming in this trailer for a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Reva, Reva walks through a really shiny hallway with her lightsaber ignited. She looks really, really cool in this. So um, cool. That's one thing that this trailer, I think, does. You know, we say it doesn't show much more. What I really does, what I really do think it does is it really highlights Reva as mm-hmm. probably the main antagonist. You yeah. know, we have the, the Grand Inquisitor, I feel like, is like always, you know, ever present and looming. But Reva seems like to be the driving force behind it. Yeah, and every shot of her is so cool and so, like, intimidating. And, yeah, yeah, I I agree. They want you to love her her right away. And I do. I do, do too. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like I said, some more body slamming. Kenobi body slams a stormtrooper, one of those blown-up probe droids behind him. But, like, Mm -hmm. man, Kenobi's Kenobi's go-to move without a lightsaber is just a straight-up body slam. It's great. Yeah, well, I mean, what else is he going to do? Because he doesn't like blasters, so he's just going to go <laughs> <Yeah>. in. <laughs> Body slams are way more civilized. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we see this amazing, like, hulking armored droid with the, holding a blaster that just, like, mega punches a stormtrooper across the room. So stormtrooper abuse is alive and well in this installment of yeah. Star Wars as well. What but droid that, is that? that who knows? There's, I've never seen anything like it, and it looks amazing. And I really hope it's, like, a main character or, like, a... Um, at least we get him for a few episodes. I was wondering yeah. if, like, O'Shea Jackson Jr., I wonder if he, like, voices it. Oh. Yeah, because we um, haven't really seen any droid characters, and there's always a droid character. This part was really interesting to me because it's Reva at the Inquisitor base, like, deflecting red blaster bolts. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, I wonder if she becomes, like, so something happens where she just, like, is so obsessed and driven in finding Kenobi that she kind of defects from them as well and becomes a threat to even them. And so they are trying to take her out. That makes sense. Cause if she, if she's like the one, the only one that's focused on Kenobi, maybe something happens to her. I don't know if she gets out of this series alive because that would explain if she gets this close, she can't bring all of them down that path with her. Otherwise they'd all know where he is. Right, exactly. And would be able to safely hide for the rest of the series. So it almost does make that. I, I actually never thought of that, but that's kind of a good theory. Like maybe they're like disowning her. Maybe it's like, we're taking yeah. away your badge. <laughs> and she's like, you're off the case. <laughs> yeah. And then she's, yeah, she's going like rogue cop. Her badge, she's yeah. going badge off. Rogue inquisitor. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and the thing is too, like her name really, breaks the the naming convention of the inquisitors too it's yeah, all, all she pro- has a name 
brothers and sisters, and she's got she's got her own. She's just got her own name. She's just Reba. Um, yeah, but, that's yes. weird. I never thought of that, and I, that totally didn't hit me until you just mentioned it. That she's not a sister or a brother. She's Reba. So I wonder what that means. Is her backstory different? Is she like? Yeah. All right, I mean, I'm very intrigued. We didn't get a ton of her in the first one, but she was super cool. But this one, it's definitely like we're gonna we're definitely gonna learn a lot about her. So yeah. we get uh, Camille looking worried. Camille look, trying to hide from being put in the Eternals sequel. Uh, then we get that cute little wiggly droid. So I'm wondering what what his little wiggly deal is. And then this part gets this part gets very Jedi Fallen Order, and it's like mm-hmm. mining ships or like you know you know blue collar transportation on looks like on Dayu, I, I assume. Of Kenobi running away and Reva yelling, "You can't win, Obi Wan! You can't escape him!" Oh my god. Ugh. Now this is where the trailer sent me over the edge, this is and I don't up. know her her line delivery on that is so. Oh my god, she's gonna be so good. She's, I can just tell because it is. I don't know the emotion behind that, and like, I, there's just like you can't escape him. It's so many layers because we all know who that he's she's talking about. I mean, unless it's a giant misdirect, but even if it isn't, even if it is, like this whole thing is going to be about how he can't escape Anakin. That's what it's all about. He can't escape that part of his past. And this whole story is going to be about him realizing that he can't escape him because he didn't even know he is Darth Vader. Right. Oh, it's so good. And it's that, that him is so loaded (sighs) that double meaning of he's searching you out and we're searching you out and he's, you know, commanding us to search out the Jedi. We can't escape him, but like, yeah, you'll never get away from, the, the torment of what happened between you and Anakin Skywalker mm-hmm. as Vader's arm is being mm-hmm. like screwed on T2 Just hammering style. home that he's not human anymore. Oh, Just man. Like, and it's as like, that's happening. I could write novels about my excitement about the part in Rogue One where the back of the tank drains out on yeah. in Vader's castle and I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god, oh my god. we're seeing we're, we're like let's see it let's let's see this happen which I always think is really funny because there's two guards in the background that just like watch him like naked in the back to tank every day They're like you know he's so he, little he of him is human it's probably yeah. barely even a naked guy it's like half of a naked guy and then a robot so <laughs> like eh, whatever in the Vader voice he's just like can you please turn around um but uh this part when the arms start going on, it's just like mm-hmm. the most hardcore Star Wars shit. It's so, so good. And like when that happened, when the arm goes on, I was like, okay. But it was when the, the panel goes into his chest and the breathing hits when it like powers up and the breathing starts and it plays the same sound as like when the mask clicked in. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I just, I've, I guess I've just never thought of that being like something that plugs right into his body. Which, and yeah, the, I didn't either. This is like some David Cronenberg body horror stuff. Like, yeah, I did not think about that. And I wouldn't have thought that until they did that. And I'm, like, horrified now. Yeah. And the implications of, like, that just going directly into him to keep him alive. And, like, the pain of that, or if he even feels pain from that at all. Like, it's just so, it's so, so wild. And it's it just has me thinking so much because the next scene is Kenobi sensing something something wicked this way comes right and it's him with that forlorn this is going to be bad look on his face pain yeah. he's, he's in he's in actual physical pain from it it looks like and you know we see, we see the title and that's where it ends and it's like you know we've seen nothing really that new but we've seen everything you know we've seen yeah they've really set up the stakes with that but but not at all too but like just the idea spoke about it up top a little bit more but that the confrontation 
between Vader and Obi-Wan? This is a question I had for you. I was going to ask it a little bit, but like, what are the chances that it's not a rematch or a fight? It's just, uh, it's just like a devastating, dramatic confrontation. I just, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like Vader would try to wipe him out at that point because he's so old and so hateful, but what, I don't know. What if, what if it's, you know, Kathleen Kennedy said in that investor call, like it's the rematch of the century, but it's like, how much of this is misdirect? What kind of scene can we get between them? That's just, are we going to get multiple scenes between them? Is he constantly in pursuit of Obi-Wan? Does he know that Obi-Wan's still out there? Like, I don't, I just don't know. We know so, so, so little. We know so little. If there's going to be a fight, like an actual, like the end of Revenge of the Sith fight, there has to be, it's not just that. There's got to also be just like a dramatic emotional confrontation to lead into that. Um, Because the whole crux of this is going to be him realizing Anakin is Darth Vader and Darth Vader confronting all of his baggage with Obi-Wan. It's going to be this huge thing. And I almost wonder, like, I don't know if they would be bold enough to do this, but just the look on Kenobi's face, is he sensing in that moment that that's Anakin? It, it's it's surely what it looks like. It, surely looks <laughs> it reminds like... me of when, when Ahsoka found out that uh, Anakin was Darth Vader and she's, like, sensing it. It's just, like, the the way it's done is similar. And yeah, I'm, it's pure I feel angle. the it's same. Pure yeah. And there's not, I, I just don't know what else at that point, at Kenobi's lowest point, he could sense or feel that would make him feel such anguish on his face like that. And I'd Yeah, I, I feel like that's almost got to be it, which is insane. And then the other thing is, something I thought of is maybe it's like, I mean, a really good example of how to combine a fight, like a real insane lightsaber fight with an emotional uh showdown is uh the twilight of the apprentice part of rebels where you know where ahsoka and uh vader you know meet up and fight it's like that was the perfect because then you could also do a twin sons thing which was incredible where everyone was like oh my god obi-wan and maul are gonna have this big fight but then he just kills them in one go like samurai style and it's like actually really poetic and incredible but then they also, I mean, Filoni also like kicked it out of the park with a big, like dramatic, insane action sequence that also hit the right emotional notes. So maybe it'll be something like that. It, it's it's funny that you bring those two moments up because those are the two things I feel like they can't do again. Yeah, some, you're right. You're saying you're saying some, something like that, and I I totally agree. It's like it's possible to do both and and combine them together, but you can't do Revenge of the Sith again. No, you can't do you can't do Battle of the Heroes. Yeah, seen it. And you can't do knock part of his mask off to reveal his eye again because we've seen Saw it. Saw that. <laughs> so what 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 happens between oh my god, what happens between the two of them that's like in it because it's it's even it's even more personal than than Ahsoka, right? What reveal happens? What happens between them that that sparks that like we got to kill this guy. He's we just have to kill him now. We have to train Luke and then he has to kill him. I'm kind of glad that we might get like a vader obi-wan duel mulligan because mm-hmm. as cool as some parts of that revenge of the sith duel are are it, it does feel like three stages of a video game yeah uh, it's like, it's like the, the emotion is there but it's definitely sucked out of it by like them climbing all over things and like swinging around that's just my personal opinion it's like when i first saw it i was like this is the coolest thing i've ever seen but then the older i got i was like i wish it was just 
drama. I wish there was more drama there. But I always forget that it's not all drama. Like my memory is always like, oh, it's this part. That part's so good. And then it's this part and that part's so good. And then when I like, you know, it's one of those things where I think I edit it in my brain a little bit. But then again, also just like with all the prequels, anything I didn't like, it was always like, I thought it was awesome. And then maybe I was like, eh, and then I was went all the way back around and was like, it's awesome again. So like, it's one of those yeah. things where also my familiarity has made me just be like, sure. this is the best thing ever. Yeah. So no, I, don't get me wrong. I still, I still love it. It's just sometimes I'm like, I agree I, though. Yeah. It goes a, a lot. In my, in, my, in my head, it goes from the control room that they're in to the, I have the high ground. It like skips mm-hmm. a lot of that middle stuff of like floating around on platforms and things like that. And you know, Revenge of the Sith is my third favorite Star Wars movie. So like, the, I, I just I no, love it. No, I mean, no shade, I, I hate no it because it's so depressing, but I love it too. Yeah, no shade at Revenge of the Sith. I just wish, I just wish there was a little bit more of a uh, emotional core to that part. I think we might get that here in some form, but I do think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be the action set piece that a lot of people are, are hoping it is. I think it's going to be a lot more poetic and, and cinematic. Yeah. So I, we kind of cleared that. I was like, what are the chances that Kenobi and Vader don't actually fight? It's just kind of like a battle of wits or a battle of, uh, you know, like a dramatic personal a moment. battle of sadness. <laughs> a battle of pure depression. Yeah. What do you think of the chances we see some Clone Wars flashbacks? Oh God. Um, I, I don't know. They've got, they've got Hayden. They could just do it. Yeah. I would literally like die. I (laughs) Clone Wars Rebels, like all Bad Batch. That's, that's my shit there. And when they, if they were to do that, I would just die. But I mean, they have the resources. They've done things like this before. We thought they'd never bring like digital Luke in. So like, honestly, anything's on the table. I just really want to see Kenobi with the, Clone Wars armor on in, in, in live oh, action. So good. Like I don't, I don't need the Clone Wars flashbacks to be happy. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a, a foregone conclusion at this point that they'll be in there. But if they mm-hmm. do have them in there, you know that part in Hook where uh, he rolls into a ball and like rolls on the stairs. And rolls <laughs> That's what you're gonna do. <laughs> he just like rolling on the street, just like I gotta go. Yeah. Okay. So next question: What are the chances we see or hear Qui Gon? I think, uh, I think, I think high. Yeah, I mean, he came back for Clone Wars. So why wouldn't he come back for this? Yeah, and there's all those shots of Kenobi in a cave. Right? I wonder if we start in the cave. Part of me thinks we might start in that cave. And we don't We don't. Yeah, and is that where he's living or is he just chilling there? I hope not either. Like, he's had a long time to settle down. In my head, when I saw it, the first thing my mind went to is it's like a like a dark side cave. Or like a, um, like some sort of trial or test that he's heard about in teachings and he's like on some sort of like Jedi spirit quest there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. There's something about the coloring it and the, and the, the tone of it and the, like the blueness of it all um, that makes me feel like it's um, some sort of spiritual force connected yeah. cave. There's something going on there. And if it, maybe it's going to happen there. I mean, it's possible we don't see that happen either it's sort of covered in that uh kenobi book which i absolutely love and i like personally kind of pretend it's canon but it's not so like that's technically a fair game they could cover that i mean i would get really emotional it would definitely complicate things and add a good emotional uh sort of uh, just one more emotional gut punch in in case we needed it because it'd be like 
reminding him of why he thought Anakin was the chosen one was because of Qui-Gon. <laughs> this show. Which is, I mean, this show. We're not going to survive it. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> this is where global warming really ramps up because the Kenobi show, the Kenobi show is too hot and it's going to melt. Yeah, we're right. all going to just be emanating body heat while watching yeah. it too as we're like sweating. It's just going to... This is it. This is how California breaks off from the United States <laughs> floats in the ocean is because everyone's concentrating in California when this show hits. Oh, um, God. We're going to cause a massive explosion right along the fault line. My last thought was, what, what, are the, what are the chances that this show is about something more than Obi-Wan just protecting Luke? And, oh, we, I think we've covered that. <laughs> and, and, but, and, and more than just confronting Vader. If there's like some other aspect to it that just rears its head. because Well, if, it's, if it was about more than confronting Vader, they would be absolutely insane. But I don't think... I, I, I get the sense that this is some very focused storytelling happening here. Yeah, I don't, I don't need to be, I'm just posing the question because yeah. we've, we've had so many like Mr. X before. Oh, like, we have, we have. Book of, Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett was nothing like I thought it was going to be for better and for worse. You know, it's still, I still enjoyed it in Kenobi. I don't know if, there, I don't know if there's one Star Wars fan out there that's like, eh, I could take it or leave it. <laughs> I, think everyone, I haven't, I haven't met uh, one. <laughs> I think everyone's frothing at the mouth for this show. So, well, well, it's certainly great to be able to like actually sit and process all of this because yeah, it's kind of all just, it's all just been like rumbling around in my head for the past you know week or so, and um, yeah, I appreciate the fact that we said we were trying to make, gonna try to make it short and it's uh, yeah talked for an hour and 10 minutes about a minute and 48 second long trailer. <laughs> so what are we gonna do for the episodes? It, I don't even it, know the implications. Yeah, carve out about six hours of your day. Oh for God, the, yeah. <laughs> Even having thought about this so much since it came up, like even just talking about it now, I was realizing things I hadn't even thought of before. So like this, this show is too much in the best possible way. We've only have what, 15 days before it premieres. Um, We only have 13 days before or 14 days before, you know, two weeks from today is when celebration starts 13 days from when the show releases. So get your affairs in order. Oh God, I need to start sleeping. Yeah, tell your family you love them. Eat your broccoli. Take the broccoli off your kids' plates. We'll be back. This is just the beginning of our Obi-Wan Kenobi coverage. Like I said, Stephanie will be back for... We're doing all the episodes. Yeah, um, six hours apiece. <laughs> okay, so six hours for six episodes. So get ready to commit 36 hours of your life at least to us. Yeah, so this is just the beginning of the coverage. This is the beginning of the end, actually. And we'll see you next week for Jurassic Park 3 with Ren and... Uh, it's really hard to think about Jurassic Park with the show on the on the on the horizon, but it's still really fun to think about Jurassic Park. So just put we'll the put then. the uh, dinosaur sounds in your head, and you'll get that. <laughs> that's that's I roar like the T Rex every time that uh, Vader arm gets screwed in. Yeah, so that's it's, it. it's they're they're kind of related. Follow us. Make sure you follow us on B One M One Pod on Instagram. Like and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, ring the bell. Give us five stars on Spotify. Follow us and share us out. Make sure you spread the word about the show. We're just getting started. So yeah, thank you to Christian Cramo for our theme music. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.